0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet. So you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com
1: Hammer and Nigel. you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock
2: My name is Nigel Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for the Daily Signal filling in for Hammer. How are you? Super duper. So we have an update here on a shocking and sad story that had reverberations throughout the the broadcasting world, the the comedy world in July. Uh, A friend of the show, comedian Ron Sexton, also known as Donnie Baker, suddenly passing away at the age of 52. He was touring as Donnie Baker, his character that he made famous on, Bob and Tom. Friend called the police when he failed to show up at the at, at some meeting, before, you know, a day ahead of their gig in Dayton, Ohio, and they found him uh, again passing away suddenly at the age of fifty-two. There was a death investigation that had opened up. Now the details have been revealed about exactly what the cause of death was: fentanyl and alcohol. Just quote from the corner he died from the combined toxic effects of fentanyl and alcohol which means he overdosed and, and this is one of the things that people need to understand is is why fentanyl is such a
3: horrible scourge on american yeah. society is because it is combined when combined with so many things it is toxic and not slightly toxic not sick for a few days toxic like dead before you hit the floor toxic and and it bewilders me how many people go about their, their daily lives not knowing that the effects of this horrible, awful
2: substance. In big picture, around, around right the country, time. around the country, Tony, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Americans have died, not intentionally, right m- not, not on purpose, but accidentally because of fentanyl, whether or not they thought they were getting something else, whether or not they were getting, they thought they were buying some sort of... Xanax pill that got laced with fentanyl. It happens all over the country every day. I know probably at least six acquaintances that this has happened to over the past five years. Right, and then this kind
3: of this poison that it gets laced because it's a filler, and and it's a, it's a hyperneurotic filler, so that it it, it kind of shocks the nervous system
2: they like use a lot it, of things would. Yeah, they use it in the hospitals though, right? I mean, they use it on a on a medical grade basis.
3: Yes, to, to a limited degree. Again, it does it does interact with the nervous system in some significant ways, but it also does function as a filler for a lot of different uh, hallucinogenic compounds and, and not to mention a lot of depressant compounds as well. And so when you when you Again, when you use this kind of stuff, it is such a reactive substance that, again, this in this case, it was with alcohol. In other instances, it's been with something as innocent as Claritin. Uh, if, if those two things hit your system at the same time, that is going to, again, not just a couple of days sick, not just you have a tummy ache, yeah. dead before you hit the floor. Yeah. And and you get these horrible cases. I, goodness, goodness gracious, Sexton is, is so, so far before his time. And it, it I, I grew Absolutely. up loving. I grew up loving Bob and Tom. I used to listen with my dad in the car, and that's how I originally, you know, came into contact with with the Donnie Baker character. Um, and it's it's just such a tragedy, and it just it just it burns me.
2: And you have an article up, or one of your coworkers does it. Um the Daily Signal, which is the uh, the platform that you write for, you're an investigative reporter, about San Francisco. That's right, uh, San Francisco. And, and this, I mean, we're dealing with the same thing here, but not on anywhere near the scale of San Francisco. Set to reach a a record-breaking year, yet again, uh, in
3: overdoses. And, again, San Francisco was just a mess. However people on the left try to spin it and say, no, it's actually a marvelous city. Any of the live streams that you can take a look at right now, traffic cameras, San Francisco is an absolute sty. It's apocalyptic. It is. It really is. And it is disgusting. You you talk about all of the travel advisories that, like Canada, issues uh, to to go to the United States because of anti-LGBTQ laws. <laughs> there should be health Stupid. advisories that are that are put forward about going to San Francisco. I mean, the, the filth that is piled up in the streets, along with rotting corpses uh, from individuals overdosing and people not even again, you're not even realizing whether a oh. homeless person is oh. dead or asleep. That's how bad it is out there. They have rotting bodies on the streets of San Francisco because the drug problems there are so prevalent
2: that the coroner's office is struggling to carry them all. I mean, and there's open air drug use there in that city. For God's sake. And that's the policy of some of these cities. They're not cracking down. Nobody's cracking down on any of these substance abuse problems. And the the other problem is that I'm reading, at least in California, is that you know, you can get you can force people to get medical help if they have dementia or they don't have they have a a certain disease. You know, you have to take care of them. You can't force people to get help if they are addicted to drugs. No. We have a policy,
3: we have this reformed policy of mental health in the United States where we took a lot of the things that people suffered with and we we tore down all of the buildings. Not that those not that the mental institutions were anything oh, no. phenomenal. I'm yeah. not saying that, but we did tear down an entire series of infrastructure that we had for dealing with those that were dealing with addiction, for mental illness, etc. And we replaced it with Nothing, and and everyone just what expected everything to just turn out fine. Everyone would just, you know, go home and drink a cup of coffee and watch some Nick at night. No, that's not how that
2: works. And when you tear down institutions like that, this is what you get. And I don't have specific numbers for Indianapolis, but for San Francisco right now, 84 deaths from drug ODs in August alone. That puts San Francisco on the path uh, for a record number of ODs at nearly 850. That's just for San Francisco. Yeah.
3: I mean, again, <laughs> imagine working in that coroner's office and, and that's not just the number yep. of deaths total in that period of time. No, that is the deaths just from drug overdoses alone. That does not include the number of violent crimes that are resulting in murders that are skyrocketing, skyrocketing in that district. That doesn't know. include all of the other health-related problems, which
2: are also skyrocketing in that city. It's 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 Gotham. And you got to tell your kids, man. It's like, it doesn't happened just on hot spot crime ridden poverty sides of impoverished sides of town it happens in Carmel in Zinesville it happens everywhere you gotta tell your kids to stay away I mean that scares me as Tony Katz said earlier this afternoon fentanyl scares me more than COVID yeah and it scares me for my kids I know I would never take an illicit pill or anything like that but man even if you get near that stuff, police have had to—they've gone and have had to been rescued. I don't know what yeah, the, the contact narc- situations. Yeah, yeah where that you just have incidental contact. Narcan, right. With Narcan uh, is our endorsements a big deal to you, Tony Kinnan? I saw Mike Braun, uh, senator of Indiana endorsing former president Trump for president uh I believe this was Monday said he had an impressive list of congressional endorsements well I'm, okay I, so it, my, here's my my take on endorsements in general I don't care about
3: endorsements if you know about yeah, a candidate if you know about a candidate well enough you should probably be able to gauge who they endorse already I mean a, a conservative endorses a conservative a populist endorses a populist <laughs> a Republican endorses a Republican oh what are the odds this is not one of those endorsements however Braun is endorsing Trump for one reason reason and one reason alone. The average primary voter in Indiana does not really know who Braun is and really doesn't trust him. There are a lot of populists in the state who don't know who Braun is, and that kind of makes them
2: nervous. And so Braun coming out and endorsing Trump is a brilliant political. This vote. early? I mean, Rob Kendall was talking about it on Kendall and Casey earlier. He he noticed how early this this endorsement came out. He was first. He's first
3: to endorse Donald Trump. That's the key. You know, it doesn't matter who Doden endorses now. doesn't matter who Hill endorses now. doesn't matter who the other blocks of wax that are running for governor <laughs> endorse, uh, because the rest of the candidates for governor are all the exact same. Uh, I really don't see it. That really, at this point, I think this is what won the election for Braun. Who and was, I, I'm calling it, who, who,
2: who is the... Oh, you're calling it Mike Braun and am to lose? Yeah, did, no, by... by unless Wide Braun margin? does something
3: stupid, unless Hill makes some enormous sweep at this point... I have not seen any of the other gubernatorial candidates attack Braun. Braun just secured his victory in the Indiana gubernatorial primary with endorsing Trump. Guaranteed.
2: McCormick uh, on the Democrat side? I mean, that. Uh,
3: I have so many jokes to make that are just <laughs> very not right. But,
4: yeah, she has no chance. <laughs> All right. And
2: Nigel Show. Tony Cannon investigative reporter for the Daily Signal. In for Hammer, I'm Nigel. Earlier, we were talking about the uh, problem with opioids, huge, destructive, devastating problem in this country right now, the amount of fentanyl and other uh, uh, drugs coming through the southern border. There's also another type of drug problem going on in this country right now that's the shortage of prescription drugs. There's uh, about a dozen Republican governors. It's all spearheaded by uh, Christy Noem, in, uh, South Dakota. Many of the most used prescription drugs are facing extensive shortages and have been for months. Uh, albuterol, which I believe is some sort of inhaler, like yeah, um, it's a- it's like a breathing. Yeah, breathing medi- medication. Amoxicillin, which is, an- I think, antibiotics, right? Yep. Like your kid gets strep throat, you need amoxicillin to get rid of that stuff. Right. A lot of chemotherapy drugs. Not to mention uh, things like Adderall and uh, other kinds of, of neural
3: uh, stimulant oh, medication.
2: Uh, my doctor said, which I found interesting, ivermectin. He can't find it yep. anywhere right now, which is Tons a very common stuff.
3: drug. Tons of stuff is is severely uh, restricted, but I mean, hey, this is this is exactly what happens when the Biden administration puts yet additional restrictions on our prescription on our prescription drug markets, where we can obtain them from, where we can't obtain them from.
2: Well, you know, uh, this article I'm reading, I, I can't find the what out. I think it was yeah, I can't find, but it's saying there is no good explanation as to why these. Drugs are in short, like oh, there's no oh man, like eighty percent of active ingredients in these drugs sold in the country come from China and India. This is like someone, this is like someone shutting off the sink and going,
3: I don't know why the water (laughs) stopped flowing out of the spout, Jimmy. (laughs) Can you shut off the water? It it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Bad policies make for bad consequences. We
2: woke up Christmas morning and. My eleven year old had, I mean, real bad strep throat, like wanted to like was asking to go to the doctor. This is Christmas morning. Right. Had to open the presents first. And then we get to where do we go? Riverview, there in four twenty one. They were really good. They're really awesome. Um it got right in. I mean, it was Christmas morning. There's hardly anybody there. And then the open only open pharmacy was like an eighty six in ditch. So they prescribed the moxicillin. They didn't have it. They didn't have the, the, the kind that we needed, so they had to call the doctor's office to see if they could get my son something else, and it was the generic. I don't know. It was something different than amoxicillin. Right. And strep throat came back two, two weeks later. and It didn't work, and it sucked. And there was no place open on Christmas Day, A, and B, they said, I mean, the doctor or, or the, the, the pharmacist looked at me and said, yeah, nobody has any of this stuff. My wife, the second time around, was able to. She had to call like three targets, and one of the targets had one prescription of that amoxicillin. It's it's it's, just in December, but I
3: I mean, it's just ridiculous because we could be importing medications from a number of other Western nations. We could be importing. I mean, we're already importing. I see it noted here that we already import eighty percent of the active ingredients in the prescription drugs from India and China. Yet we're not allowed to import prescription drugs from Canada. We're not allowed to import prescription drugs from. France or the UK or several South American nations that have major medication production facilities and, and it's like why is it because they're unsafe and the FDA is like no we just, we just don't want to import them what we need can, them we, we have not, a population yeah you can do can that we not make it here well, you could make it here. We don't have the facilities to make it. Like the the amount of medication that the United States needs, we don't have enough to to create all of those. This isn't this is an immediate solution. Number two would also be rele- re- releasing some of the trade restrictions that allow us to basically trade a lot of active ingredients that we're currently getting from China and India
2: anyway. So this is a classic case of well, economic restrictions. But China and India have those limited supply chains right now. It continues to reverberate throughout the world, and. Because of that, you can't go get amoxicillin to cure your kid's strep throat, which runs rampant through school. Screw COVID. It's it's the sore throats.
3: And and it, that's so this is this is why the Biden administration this is another test that you can put them up to where that you can see that they're complete garbage. So when when they start talking about the Ukraine war and sacrifices that we're going to have to make, mm-hmm. they said, well the gas prices are going to go up a little bit. We're going to dip into the strategic strategic petroleum oh. reserve though, so that you can have access to gas. We're going to make some exceptions. <sighs> Yet when China and India are experiencing supply shortages also because of certain geopolitical events, you don't see the Biden administration going. Look, we know you need your medication. So right now we're going to allow the United States to start importing prescription medications during this crisis so that you can, you know, not die. You see that? No, when it comes to Democrat policy, they never make exceptions. When it comes to Democrat policy on on the restrictions they put on the average American citizen, you never see them go. Yeah, gas is really expensive right now, so we're gonna you know kind of eliminate like the federal gas tax for a lot. Nope,
2: you never see that. It's it, never happens. Speaking of India, I love how President Biden was on that disastrous trip to the G seven and then like Taiwan or, or I'm sorry Vietnam and uh, talking about climate change in India. Really, they could give two craps less. China does not care about climate change and your fossil fuels, and they love opening coal plants. It's just so useless. And the fact that it drives me nuts when you mention that Biden is tapping into the oil reserves, which have been depleted more now than they have been in 40 years. I, I don't want to hear the, the conversation, like argument
3: regarding fossil fuels, when we could be using nuclear energy in this country, which is perfectly safe, which exists in abundance, and which is incredibly clean yeah, and incredibly safe. Who's going to build one of those facilities? And how
2: long does it take?
3: And the... you can convert coal power plants to nuclear facilities very, very quickly. They use the I mean, same type of cooling chambers, really. And it would, yeah, and it's incredibly green. But the Democrats won't touch it because a lot of the Democrat Party includes the Green Party members. When you say nuclear, they break out in hives. <laughs> I mean, this was literally half of the George Bush administration. If you remember, is like we were like, "Hey, well, maybe we should consider building some, you know, nuclear power facilities." And they're like, "Oh no, the the fallout!" The, the, and like that's not at all how that works. The Soviet Union's not the United States.
2: Democrats are not serious policymakers. Update from the Pentagon: They have found the uh, the the fighter jet that it lost. <laughs> Oh! Did you guys talk about this yesterday when I was gone. It, the, at that point, it was it was still missing. It just vanished into thin air like a fart in the wind. <laughs> eight, the eighty million aircraft, the F thirty five, it took off from Charleston, South Carolina, crashed in a field just eighty miles from its base. So it took off from Joint Base uh, from the Joint Base in Charleston. Found eighty miles. Took them twenty eight hours to find it. The jets, you know, stealth transponder wasn't working. They still have no idea why the pilot decided to eject. And no, they do. They do I mean The military has to. I mean, if he if he
3: landed oh. safely, I mean, he's definitely been debriefed. Well, if they do, they're not saying. Oh yeah. Well, that that's the real reason. At one
2: point, it, it was listen. It was forced. The base was forced to appeal for assistance. To the public, launching a hotline. I saw that. If you have, if you have any information regarding an F thirty five in your area, call this toll free (laughs) number. Actually, here's a little bit of that audio from the public service announcement.
4: Be part of today's Marine Corps Air Station (laughs) (laughs) mishap division. I have to eject. Someone. You'll help recover an F-35 fighter jet worth millions. Despite the enormous military budget and the world's most sophisticated technology, we're looking for boots on the ground to help find this missing state-of-the-art aircraft. This is one hell of a mishap. No military experience required. The Marine Corps Air Station (laughs) Mishap Division. Because mishap sounds better than blunder, calamity, or disaster. (laughs) It's a Hammer and Nigel Show.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh yeah, I'm Nigel, uh, Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for The Daily
2: Signal, filling in for Hammer. Today was planned... This has been planned for a week or two that you'd be filling in for Hammer. That's right. He's got um, um, well, someone to say he found out last week he has COVID in his left testicle. Oh so, no! So they're having uh, covesticles. <laughs> Sounds like a
3: really dangerous prescription.
2: <laughs> uh, no, this had been planned for a while, but yesterday you filling in for me was was not planned. I I was fighting something off. It's like, you know, one of those things where you feel something come on. You're like, no, it's not. I'm OK. It's fine. I don't have that kind of luck. If I ever think I'm getting sick, I'm like on my back by the next day. Yeah, morning. but it took it like crept up on me. And then Sunday I woke up the Colts game. I was like, no, nothing's wrong. I'm just kind of. Do a little hot under the collar, you know Getting a little you know, sweaty And then we go sure. out to So another, you
3: take off your shirt and then you spend the day in public that way But
2: we go out to we go out to an early dinner with some friends And I got back home and I, I just crashed in, in bed And didn't get out of bed in, for 24 hours Oof And so, co- by the way I, I took a COVID test For the first time in probably two and a half to three years Yeah Negative I, Because I had the symptoms, man so I had all those because now it's Now the symptoms are different it's not You no, lose your taste it's
3: like wheel Of fortune you spin it the it wheel is. and you see What symptoms are for this variant and like man I'm
2: not some guy that's Testing every other day when I get the sniffles or a sore no. throat or I gotta blow my nose, but you know I, I figured management and probably you guys wouldn't want somebody here <laughs> if I, they tested positive for COVID. I get it. I I'm not scared of it. It's uh, we're getting ready to read an article from NBC News about how doctors can't differentiate from COVID and and a cold. That's funny. Uh, that that's just but, funny. I'm just I'm just now. I don't know if the. <laughs> Can the tests be wrong if they're expired?
3: <laughs> well, so it's yes, and
2: there's there's a reason. I feel better today, by the way. So a hundred times
3: better. As any person who struggled through a high school chemistry class will know, when you stick that stupid strip of paper in the liquid and it changes into pink, and yeah. that that's called that stuff's called phenolphthalein, and it's when you test titrations. So you're getting learning all these vocabulary words on air today, yeah. And uh, long story short, when a COVID test expires, the paper well, kind of loses its potency to draw the stripe correctly, like the pregnancy test uh, stripe. Okay. Although, please don't pee on your COVID tests. <laughs> Um, I, I had COVID a couple of weeks ago, and I tested, but there's a reason why is that uh, COVID. Uh, if if your if your wife who is pregnant has COVID, you have a higher yeah. risk of preeclampsia and pregnancy. So Nigel, I just be very careful if you're pregnant. Uh, you know we don't want your oh. hi- blood pressure getting too high. And
2: look, I'm not saying I, I don't think you should test, and no, but I, I, I'm just I, I saying d- I like that, want to be around. We had a couple of tests lying around, but I had the I had the symptoms. I had the low grade fever, and I, I had the the body aches, and, and yet um, you tested negative. I survived. This means I'm sure that you're
3: racist and homophobic or whatever. <laughs> this Speaking ch- of racist and homophobic, yes. tell me about this NBC
2: article. Well, hold on. That means we're going to check in with America's battle with COVID-19.
4: COVID-19. Oh, I swear. That I mean, at this moment,
2: there are three vaccines.
4: China piss off. Now you've made the work off. We're all nervous because of COVID-19. So, headline
2: from NBC News. COVID symptoms are now more mild and follow a pattern. Doctors say sore throat, congestion, common COVID symptoms, following a pattern. And doctors who treat COVID describe the ways the illness has gotten milder and shifted over time to mostly affect the upper respiratory tract. So, I think... I think that could be summed up into COVID has turned into a cold. Yep which we knew was, was
3: going to happen. And if you were one of my Lawrence North biology students when COVID began, you remember that I said this in class, that as viruses, especially viruses that man has tampered with, as they progress, they get weaker over time and they become more communicative because uh, viruses only have so many quote-unquote points to spend on mutations. So uh, kind of a long road to take to prove that I was right, but eventually we, we did
2: get there. But just the simple fact that this is an NBC News article that's saying that doctors can't tell viruses or allergies from COVID just by merely looking at the symptoms. Says, and then they continue to push the boosters and the masks and the masks, yeah. and 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 not only boosters for adults, but boosters six months and and up, where most European countries don't even won't even either let kids under eighteen get the vaccine because get the jab, of the- or. Very high correlation with heart
3: problems. Like the the risk,
2: reward, benefit is ridiculous. Originally, when
3: people talk about this, oh, you don't want to start questioning the vaccine, do you? I'm not questioning all vaccines. But in this particular mRNA case, it does have a very, very high correlation with severe heart conditions. You don't have 25 year old healthy athletes dropping dead with no, uh, you know, no kind of testosterone medication or, uh, like athletic enhancement drugs in their system. They've taken nothing and they're dropping dead. Why is it? Oh, they've also taken the COVID vaccine.
2: But the question we have to ask is why they are pushing it on like there are still a bunch of universities that mm-hmm. won't let you be on campus or won't let you be a student unless you have the vaccine.
3: Well, I mean that's just well, the that's, way to appear like you're you're making the best strides, you know, oh, I'm I am such a great good wonderful good citizen.
2: I'm going to say we require this. Tony, we have an NBC news article doctors saying that common covid symptoms follow a pattern and the illness has gotten milder, and it's indistinguishable, besides if you test for it, from other viruses. But Absolutely. Yet, but yet, go ahead and get your, we encourage you to get your ninth jab, and get your six-month-old
3: jab. And yet, they expect that the average American isn't going to realize that a lot of this this vaccine of COVID, which, again, is not actually a vaccine. That's not how vaccines work. It's an mRNA, uh, like, recode. The whole thing is, is it, it speaks of a sham, Because it doesn't do anything. You know, your Paw Patrol mask has more stopping power against COVID than (laughs) some vaccine that doesn't stop transmissibility (laughs) or
2: or commutative potency. But that that takes me back to my question. And these you. These bureaucrats, they can't, they never answer it. These these F, these people that are in charge of these universities, the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting COVID, like they lied about in the beginning and said that it would. Right. They also lied about how the vaccines would stop you from spreading it. Right. Um, Which it didn't. All in all, out lied then why the mandate
3: right. for college campuses? And, and also, on the social side, they also equated it to being a vaccine. Oh, it's a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's not at all how vaccines work. Vaccines are a deadened or weakened form of the disease that your body fights off. The COVID vaccine is an mRNA transfusion that sends your body a message on making antibodies. It is not at all how a vaccine works. And yet, they threw this whole thing together, and for what? And that's why when people get out there and they say, you know, I think it was about lining a lot of big pharma's pockets... It's really hard to call them crazy, because what other reason is there at this point? When Pfizer is making the 847th variant of their vaccine booster series, their collectible-like Pokemon cards, it's hard not to think it's a money grab. Are you a flu shot guy?
2: No, I, I, no? I always get sick right after the flu shot. Did, like 20, in 2019, I got the flu shot. Like a week later, I was dead in bed for 10 days. Worse than anything COVID could have ever done to me. I don't know if I've ever had COVID or not. I think I lost my taste and smell in the early, later part of 2020. Oh, okay. When we were on break and we were away from everybody. So I'm assuming that was it, but I never. Well, then then again, that's also because you drank that crazy lemonade concoction or was that hammer that was like making.
3: Those weird lemonade mixers at his house <laughs> were like half gasoline. That'll take away your smell. Oh, smile that'll taste. do it
2: every time. Meanwhile, Anthony Fauci, old flip-flopping Fauci, the face of COVID nineteen during the Trump administration. And what a face! He and his wife netted two million dollars during the pandemic. How about that? They are now worth eleven million, up from seven and a half in twenty nineteen. Tony, uh, Doctor Fauci's money coming from investments. Prizes, it's paid speaking and royalties. I believe he was asked a question under oath from Rand Paul. What are your royalties? Where are you getting some of these royalties from? And he didn't have to answer, which I thought was very fascinating. So, two million dollars during the pandemic, he was the highest paid public official in America. Like paid what four hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. That's eighty thousand more sure. than the president, right? Um. And I just like he is trying to gaslight us now. Fauci is is looking at us and saying, "Well, I never, I never said anything about locking the country down. I never, I never said." Uh, you know anything about draconian lockdowns? Oh yeah, it's, it wasn't it, me that was doing the
3: right. exact same gaslighting. Is that well, there were never any scandals in the Obama administration, other than when he wore a tan suit. He had no <laughs> scandals. What are you talking about? It's that kind of gaslighting. Like no one has a memory.
2: Look, I've got audio to back it up. Here is a little uh, montage of flip Flop and Fauci. Oh, I'm ready. Think for
3: we it. need to make sure
1: that your listeners understand. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down the country. We know that we can do that if we shut down.
4: Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily Mm. the country, I think, Mm. is important.
1: Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread. Obviously, we would have shut down earlier. But
2: about whoever that female broadcaster was going into heat when she heard Fauci going, we've got a lockdown. Mm, we must do draconian lockdowns. Mm.
3: Dear Lord, I I was I was actually looking up something here during that clip, and and uh, I'm noticing the man made 54 specific claims that he later walked back. 54. Dude, I, it, as, as, a, as a journo, if I had yeah. 54 <laughs> yeah. citations that I had to walk back because uh, I was incorrect, oh my gosh, I would be super fired. They would fly, they would express fly my pink slip out to me.
1: Stop looking at me, swan. And now, time to play Adam's ship.
3: I think there's plenty of evidence of
0: collusion or conspiracy in plain sight.
1: For Adam Sandler. Better. I leave the hair silky and smooth. Adam Schiff for Adam
4: Sandler on the
2: Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> Diane is our ninth caller. Hi, Diane. How are you? Ooh. Hello, Diane. I'm here. Hello, caller.
5: How <laughs> are you? Uh, where are you from? I'm from
2: Indianapolis. Which side of town?
5: Uh, east Eastside.
2: Eastside! Tony Kennett, by the way, filling in for Hammer. Yeah.
5: Right
2: absolutely. over there. Um, so so tickets to Adam Sandler, Cambridge Fieldhouse, Wednesday, November 15th, Diane. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you a fact or a quote. Okay. That fact or quote is either going to be from Adam Schiff, pencil neck Adam Schiff, uh-huh. congressman from California. Okay. Or Adam Sandler. The lunch lady. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you ready? I'm ready. This person once said, quote,
4: I have a microphone and you don't.
2: Adam Sandler. There you go. <laughs> um, once said, impeachment is a serious thing impeachment is a serious thing
5: pencil neck adam schiff. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> here listen to him tony i want to play a clip real quick she just won the tickets i think you just have to get two out of three oh, right
4: sweet. <laughs> that's right i think you just won
2: the tickets here's adam schiff on the biden impeachment inquiry L- listen to what he says here
4: okay. an impeachment is a serious thing uh it's not something that should be a bargaining chip for kevin mccarthy to give the matt Gates of the world I mean,
2: this from the guy that you know wrote the book and was behind multiple sham mm-hmm. and hoax impeachments. Tony,
4: oh. uh,
3: the guy had like NASCAR sponsorships on his
2: sleeves for the number of impeachments he had. <laughs> the dude had Boy Scout badges and impeachments.
4: <laughs> All
2: right, uh, you already won the tickets, Diane. But we'll go ahead and play this last one. Was was once called a quote scumbag from a heckler during a press conference, Adam Schiff or Adam Sandler?
4: <laughs> there right, you go. Play that audio real quick. Listen <laughs> and that this. is to act as the criminal defense counsel for Donald J. Trump. Boom. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Capitol Police. Gentlemen, will suspend Capitol Police. Uh, Cap- Capitol Police will remove let, the gentleman let, from the audience. Let me tell you this. Let me <laughs> tell you this. <laughs> gentleman. Gentleman. <laughs> let me tell you this. You're <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> All right, Diane, you're the winner. Congratulations. Hi, hi, you're going to see Adam Sandler. That sounds like fun. Cambridge Fieldhouse, Wednesday, November, November 15th. More tickets to give away tomorrow on The Hammer and Nigel Show.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: Hammer, and Nigel.
4: Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock
2: Got a sad update on a local comedic legend here in just a few minutes. First, Tony Kennett filling in for Hammer. My name is Nigel. Ray Epps. We all know who Ray Epps is, right? The guy, some calling it a conspiracy theory surrounding January 6th that he was... Uh, He was some sort of government agent that was up there whipping up trouble, inciting people to move past the barricades, and everybody was wondering why this guy has never been arrested. Well, Tony... I tell you what, we've come down, we've gotten down to the bottom of this situation with Ray Epps. Oh, we've gotten to the bottom of it, finally? Charged with a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor? (laughs) For what? What's the misdemeanor? I mean, you watch videos of this guy uh, before January 6th and the day of January 6th. Footage, cell phone footage, he was one of the first guys to breach the lines, um, and screwed around with security, was on... I mean, you could have got this guy on civil disorder, trespassing, um, and any number of charges. You mean the things that they rounded up everyone else for
3: and gave them 20-year
2: prison sentences for? For people that weren't even there. Yeah, yeah. Ray Epps, uh, charged with a misdemeanor. Let's see, what is it? Uh, One count of disorderly... Conduct unrestricted oh. on re- on grounds.
3: Oh, that's so this dude is the Dora the Explorer of inciting a riot at the Capitol. The man who was absolutely everywhere going, Do you see a Capitol we could storm? And he's like encouraging everyone to get in there and occupy the offices and cause trouble and break things and he's harassing security and he's harassing Capitol Police and all this stuff. And then he just never even existed, never even was after the Capitol
2: yeah, events. Yeah, he was he was the focus of Tucker Carlson on many occasions when he was still on the air of Fox News. As a matter of fact, he's he's accusing Fox News of of you know falsely um, you know Fox ac- accusing him of being involved with the government, like a government agent, like you know a witness in the FBI. Uh, I think he's suing Tucker Carlson. He's still in the middle of suing Fox News. But I just find it interesting. You see, I mean, you just go and look what this guy. <laughs> I mean, the level of incitement is so much more than Donald Trump. Yep. I mean, Donald Trump told everybody to go home. Yep. Or march peacefully he got on twitter and said go home and ray epps is out there going he's telling people to storm the, the, through the Capitol. he's one of the first to breach that initial line here i want to play you this was during a hearing a year ago senator ted cruz grilling the assistant fbi director
4: about ray epps miss sadburn who is ray epps i'm aware of the individual sir uh I don't have the specific background to him. Well, there are a lot of people who are understandably very concerned about Mr. Epps. 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 On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, Tomorrow, we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, "Fed, Fed, 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 Fed. Miss Sandburn, was Ray Epps a fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day, on January 6, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. And,
2: uh, uh, I love that. Not to I, worry. He's got charged I, with a misdemeanor.
3: I now. love that. Whenever some kind of a conservative gets put in the congressional hot seat, they have to answer every question, no matter how unrelated it possibly is to the hearing. You, you get some. Schumer will look at you and be like, what color are your underwear? And you have to tell him. But if you ever have a conservative or Republican congreg- congressional committee member, and they ask specific questions like, is this guy a Fed? Is this guy a member of your department, FBI uh, official? They'll go. I cannot answer that, and you'd be like, okay, no, maybe you didn't understand. See, we're, we're Congress. We, have we are in charge of you. Like we run you. We fund you. Answer the question. I can't answer that question. <laughs> and you're like, well, then okay. Well, here's here's a fun question you can answer. Where are you going to work next? Because you're fired. Like that. That's how these things should go. You should not get to go to Congress and say I'm not answering that question. Like is that not What it's, either, are these it's a yes or no question.
2: It's a yes or no question.
3: Just say you, no. Like I yeah, don't understand. Not, just say no. Just say no. I he, can't no, answer that. He is not in he is not employed by the FBI is the simplest answer she could have given. Well, but of the, course she the didn't.
2: rumor was that uh, was part of the, um uh, as part of the deal with firing Tucker Carlson was he was going on the air that night. Up tar- targeting Ray Epps. After 60 Minutes had done a, a piece on Ray Epps, making him a sympathetic figure yep. the night before, Tucker was going to respond to that 60 Minutes piece, and that's when he got fired. Rumor has it that the Dominion lawsuit, the voting machines, that was um, maybe part of their deal to punish Fox News. Now, again, Ray Epps is, 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 is falsely accused. Or he's he's accused by Fox News of being a government agent during and the January 6th trial. Before you get out there and say, well, it's just a conspiracy theory. The FBI isn't actually doing any of that. This is
3: just a bunch of Republican hearsay. The three individuals who were responsible for designing and conspiring the plan to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer oh, yeah. were acquitted. No crime. You, I guess that for everyone else, you, it's po- totally fine to, to throw people in, in jail for for conspiracy. Really? They were acquitted? Yeah, just, they... just, just, just light slaps, just sent off down the pike. No problems. Everything's fine. All is good regarding the well, FBI. It seems like
2: there was a heavy FBI influence there as well.
3: Well, of course, because yeah. the FBI redacted half of the documents relating to the case. You don't redact <laughs> documents relating to cases you aren't involved
2: in. That's not how that works. Uh, Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for The Daily Signal, filling in for Hammer. I'm Nigel. Comedian Ron Sexton's cause of death has been revealed as uh, fentanyl and alcohol overdose in Ohio, to quote the coroner's office. He died from the combined toxic uh, effects of fentanyl and alcohol, which means he overdosed. We all know Ron, this sudden death, 52 years old, Really, really nice guy, hilarious comedian, took on the persona of Donnie Baker, several other different uh, callers into the Bob and Tom show. Oh, yeah. But he was famous. Exceptionally talented. Uh, from from coast to coast, I believe. It wasn't just like a regional success. Donnie, I mean, millions and millions of hits on, on Facebook and YouTube, died suddenly uh, in July and there was a death investigation that had been opened into his passing but now that the coroner said that it was fentanyl and alcohol that investigation has been closed and the bigger picture here tony is that fentanyl i mean i could count i can think of six acquaintances now straight off the top of my head that have that have that are that have died they're no longer here not because of purposeful overdoses not because right. of they're on some sort of suicidal bender but because of accidents accidental overdose. That's how lethal that stuff is.
3: And and again it's not just that fentanyl in and of itself isn't a a dangerous substance which it is. It's not that that in and of itself can cause extreme fatal accidents but it is also important to note fentanyl has a very very high reactivity with other very common substances, like alcohol, like Claritin, if you're on certain allergy medications, and and these interactions with fentanyl are not just going to result in you being sick for a few days, not just going to result in you being out of commission
2: with a tummy ache, not even, you know, you're just a little bit of liver trouble, dead before you hit the floor. And I don't know, look, I have no idea if Ron, like, I don't know if this was... If, if he knew it was fentanyl or if it was mixed with someone else, a lot of times people that die this, I mean, all over the country this happens, they think they're taking something else. Right. Like a, a Xanax pill or yep. something. And like it that. just happens laced. to be laced with fentanyl. And that's how quick it could happen.
4: Nigel presents it depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right,
2: let's rock and roll. Tony Kinnick's filling in for Hammer. I'm Nigel. I'm going to throw some stories at you. You're going to tell me if they are anything or not. I think you like this segment. My favorite segment. Reality star. uh, Has anybody heard of this chick, Morgan Osman? No. She's real hot. Oh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. I think she's on some... I think she's on something called the Bad Girls Club that sounds like the opposite of what I prefer to watch, but continue. She got kicked off a plane. Oh, okay. And then swore at the other passengers as she was leaving. When she saw someone recording the whole thing on their phone, she said, film me. I'm Instagram famous. Call me a f- again. <laughs> Call me again. f*** again. I yeah, did nothing wrong. I shut up. No, you shut the f*** up. You shut the f*** up, up
0: in f- your the- You shut the Film f- me. I'm Instagram famous. You f-
2: I've got the uh, footage up now at uh, Hammer and Nigel via via Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, but you, I don't know, Tony, if you want to watch this. First of all, I would say, before I ask you if this is anything or not, if you have to tell somebody you're Instagram-famous, then you're not Instagram famous.
3: I run a uh, I, I run a, a a larger Twitter account called the U.S. Ministry of Truth. I love it's got it. three hundred must, must three hundred I don't know forty thousand followers. I cringe internally at the idea of ever telling someone, oh you know I'm Tony the guy that owns that large Twitter account. <laughs> it's like <laughs> ew no. I, so no I Instagram famous that that just tells people that you spend a little too much time on
2: your phone. And I'm one of those people. So like don't don't don't. Uh, don't tell everyone you're Instagram famous. <laughs> okay, so now it's time to play great moments in getting kicked off planes history. Yes, here is uh, one crazy airline lady.
5: Give me a f- off this goddamn plane! You wanna be
1: f***ing bitchy to me?
0: You'll see me. piss!
1: you will.
3: Oh. <laughs> Did she just moo? I
0: don't <laughs> you Put me in a flight fest. You know who my brothers are? They're f***ing Marine Snipers!
1: You wanna f*** with the f***ing Marine? <laughs> hey guys, let me the f*** up you bastards! Go to f***ing hell!
2: So, uh, do I don't play know. it again. Play it again. I, I would like to hear if she moves or not before you comment on that, Tony. But the, because I, I, yeah, do that again.
1: You will. <laughs>
3: See,
2: you ever get <laughs> you ever get so mad that you just you know you just start walking around Farmer Brown's farm. You know what I'm talking
3: about? You uh, just yeah. get out.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Who hasn't ever Who hasn't ever been in the country and drove driven past a field full of cows, stuck your hat out the window? and Go. If you think you're gonna talk to me, then just. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> more great moments in getting kicked off planes? History, our favorite uh, crazy airline lady. But I
5: am telling you right now, that motherfucker,
0: that motherfucker back there is not real.
2: Well, I've got it on Twitter right now. At Hammer Nigel, who you like better, her, the, the the Morgan Osman gal, and man, she is wearing like this full body uh, leggings. Thing, like type of course. onesie of course. or something like be- that? Because, because
3: people who act Whoa. like that are never just wearing normal clothes. People They ne- never are. I mean, you can just tell that the moment they walked up that morning, they're like, I'm going to be different, and you're going to have to deal with it. And you're like, yeah, and, and we all are, so please
2: leave the plane. we have time for one more? The uh, great moments of getting kicked off planes history. Here's the meltdown a man was having over a baby crying on the plane.
1: With a baby in okay. a gun! chamber, okay. and you want to talk to me about being oh, okay? Okay, because you, you're yelling. So That's is the baby. baby. Okay, so you're a man. Did that mother pay extra the yell? Oh, okay, no. shut so, oh, up. You no. and shut up. No. I don't give a f- you, were, you were sitting no. there watching that motherfucker <laughs> baby, <laughs> baby, <laughs> <Okay>. baby, <laughs> okay. baby. okay, okay. had nothing to okay. do with nothing. Okay, voice. okay.
3: <laughs> Can, can you imagine? Uh, like, Let's let's say you're in like a hospital waiting room, and uh, someone comes <laughs> up to you and like, sir, I think you've crapped your pants. You're like, yeah, but so did the baby.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, was the, ah, that was the excuse, sir. You're yelling. That's the same. Also, thank God for noise-canceling headphones. I mean, we talk about the best inventions of the last 20 years. Noise-canceling headphones are right up there next to air conditioning and
2: sliced bread. I hope they put that guy on the no-fly list. For sure All right Jennifer Garner pulled over You know who Jennifer Garner is Yeah A f- famous Hollywood film star I think it was Ben Affleck She was married to for a while Jennifer Garner pulling over Near Santa Monica Gave a bag of essentials To a homeless dude in a wheelchair Well, wow, What do you know The paparazzi was nearby So she offered one of them To buy their shoes To give to the homeless guy Here's how it worked out Tony
5: What size feet do you have? What do you mean? What size feet do you have? Can I buy your shoes for him? He needs a shoe.
0: Uh, what size?
5: Ten and a half. and a
0: half. Oh, Thanks. I'm 11. You want me to give it yeah. to him? I can, can give I, it to him. Can I, um... Don't worry about it. Can I buy it. a shoe for you? Jennifer! Ah, yeah. blanket in my car. You want a blanket? Yes. You want me to give it to him? Yeah.
2: I don't know. I'm trying not to be cynical here, Tony. Are oh, you I okay will with this? No, I'm not okay with this. So or is this anything? I it, it is like anything.
3: This. It is anything. I really can't stand what is very overtly fake charity. I can't. The paparazzi just happened <laughs> to be right there. <laughs> happened. Uh, when I was in Maui, you know what? There was a lot that was going on. There was. We were there for the fire. It was there for the for the wildfires. And there were moments in which there we put down everything and we, we got to help people in certain areas. And I have not written about this. I, I don't talk about this very much, and my videographer asked, "Do you want us to get some shots of you helping people?" And I said, "Absolutely not, because that moments of charity are not supposed to be on film. That's not the point of them. If you need to be recorded helping someone out, you're not helping someone out. You're helping yourself out. It that, that's just the period. I, I, you don't need to tell me I'm being a
2: good boy to help somebody out. That's not the point. interesting move, walking into the paparazzi and asking." Can buy I buy your shoes? shoes?
3: <laughs> Can, hey, the homeless man's probably going to be here for another half hour. If you just want to take a little more of your time, <laughs> go to Target. Go buy a pair of
2: shoes. Buy the yeah. the guy okay. who you who has the camera. I'm sure she means well, but yeah, just just a uh, just a coincidence. Coincidence. That the paparazzi was nearby. Uh-huh. One more here. Yeah. Millennial women are now claiming that quote nerdy guys end up being the best husbands. Here's uh social media star Isabel I roll my eyes every time I say something like that. Uh, Isabel is breaking down what you need to look for to get the perfect nerdy husband.
4: They're nerds. You go for the nerd. If he
3: owns a lightsaber, green flag. If he has purchased a wand from the wizarding world of Harry Potter, greenest possible flag. If he has an unhealthy obsession with Ahsoka Tano, you better run to the altar. Bonus points if he's obsessed with Monopoly. Because those little underestimated nerd boys grow up to be men who see what's in here. Ah. <sighs> Okay, so is anything? It is, but for a different reason than you would think. So, Isabel Brown stole that. That is an earlier trend that went around where someone a little more in- intelligent described that you, you want to find guys that have good hobbies. You, you want to find guys that are dedicated and devoted to hobbies that, that get them excited about things, excited about life. Find yourself a guy who always has his hands dirty from the car. Find yourself a guy who builds Lego sets and does nerdy things. Find yourself a guy who sharpens blades or whatever. Like, find yourself a guy who does that because dedicated men are dedicated husbands and I really like that and so yeah I like that but like find yourself a guy who's obs- obsessed with Ahsoka Tano. No don't What's find that? yourself she's a, a, a character on Star Wars okay. from the Clone Wars that has okay. a series out right now um, and it's not a good <laughs> series for the record it's very poorly written. <laughs> uh, find
2: yourself a guy with a lightsaber yeah, collection
3: <laughs> like okay look I, and I know some guys that have like a, a like that have like a replica yeah, lightsaber know. and they're cool I, I get the sentiment but like find yourself a guy Guy who's obsessed with an actress. Uh, but a little she, too far.
2: She also, she also left out the the thing I'm thinking of is that most of these really smart nerdy guys are going to grow up to be millionaires. So don't give me this. Uh, oh, see, I, I love what they love. What's inside me? I, I think some of these girls love what's in their bank accounts. That's as true. Well. Look, I, it is no secret
3: that I am a bit of a nerdy or side individual. I, I I love sports and hunting as much as as well probably more than the next dude. I, I do enjoy a lot of squirrel and scrolling. However, I got to point out that there are some nerdier aspects that are (laughs) attractive now that never were before, and that's fun. But yeah, man, the gold diggers are moving to the nerds. You got to be careful, man. She's coming after your Pokemon card collection. It's a Hammer and Nigel show.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show.
2: I'm Nigel, Tony Kennett from The Daily Signal. Investigative reporter here filling in for Hammer. A quick update on that uh, missing fighter jet that took off Sunday from South Carolina. They finally found it 28 hours later in a field 80 miles from its base. The <laughs> I guess the pilot had to unexpectedly eject from this thing. I've been there. It, and it crashed. Um, we still don't know what happened. The jet's transponder, which usually helps locate Missing aircraft. Which, which by the way, is off. is one of three transponders on military right, jets. Uh, right. And I would expect with the technology and the satellite imagery, we, we should have been able to find this thing right away. Also, with this, this cool thing called math,
3: you know, you can actually like pinpoint oh, where sure. a plane is going based on where it was headed. It's really, really neat. It's, it's, <laughs> you, what you do is you, you hold the ruler up on a line, and then you
2: draw the line a little further out. It's amazing. The Pentagon launched a hotline tip. Which was, you know, merciless. I mean, it just just got shattered online. Oh yeah, just destroyed online. Um, but you're saying now, and I've been seeing this thing too. When I was out sick yesterday, man, I was you know I'd wake up every few hours and scroll through my phone and see something like, "Oh uh, yeah, Cuba hacked the jet. They intentionally made the pilot eject, and uh, the the plane's now in Cuba."
4: <laughs> I, I made like, it. Like, well, right, I saw those. I,
3: I saw those and made a joke from the Ministry of Truth account that you know we had finally discovered. I think you guys retweeted this one yesterday. Uh, that we had finally discovered the uh, jet near a military airfield in Kiev, Ukraine. Like, yeah, we all make those kind of jokes. However, I do I do want to throw one creative wrench in this, and that is that uh, in 2021, Sky News reported that uh, Beijing had stolen plans for the F-35, uh, as well as the communication schematics for how certain transponders would function uh, from an Australian contractor, an Australian defense contractor. So China does have full documentation. Now, of course, there's a lot more than just schematics when it comes to understanding this how, is, where, when, is and an why. This article
2: from 2021? In 2021, wow. China
3: stole uh, defense schematics okay. on the uh, F-35 from an Australian defense contractor. Will we ever find out what happened? <laughs> no, it's China.
2: <laughs> Those <laughs> records have been destroyed years ago. Ball, praise, Z, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, quick update on the Fetterman dress code. I'm assuming you and Hammer talked about this yesterday.
3: You know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, Senator Sweats and and the Stroke Five. <laughs> I Honestly, oh, oh. I'm amazed at the just how hilariously he... He's like flippantly, he's like laughing at how everyone is is angry at the, the lack of standards and decorum in the u.s. Senate. Like to him, it's a big joke. Look, if you're around if you're healthy enough to be making big jokes and aha, this is so
2: funny that they would care, I don't want to be hearing about how sad and depressed you are. So as you know, Chuck Schumer, House, uh, I'm sorry, Senate Majority Leader. It eliminated, eliminated, actually eliminated the dress code for senators, basically coddling to a single senator, one Mr. Uh, Fetterman from the great state of Pennsylvania, um, who apparently just kind of wants to identify with the common man by wearing hoodies and flip-flops and shorts in the dead of winter. And, and other people have been starting to weigh in. On the the dress code Or lack thereof now in the Senate Hold, hold on, hold on, Nigel yes. you're,
3: you're telling me that he's doing this to fit in With the common man?
2: That's, that's oh, I'm the idea? Certainly that plays, I'm certain that plays into it
3: This is like the the motivational speaker Who would come to your school and he would sit on the chair Backwards to connect with you and he'd be like Hey there
2: kids, <laughs> I'm just like one of you so he'd turn his hat backwards Yeah, with yeah, the, bill and the back. backwards hat Means that he's hip like us young folk But not everybody is buying this, and people think it's ridiculous. Here is uh, Governor of Florida, GOP presidential nominee, um, Ron uh, Ron DeSantis.
0: Did you guys hear the U.S. Senate just eliminated its dress code? Because you got this guy from Pennsylvania who's got a lot of problems. I mean, let's just be honest, like how he got elected. Well, I I mean, he got elected because they didn't want the alternative, but... um, He wears like sweatshirts and hoodies and shorts, and that's his thing. So he would campaign in that, which is your prerogative, right? I mean, if that's what you want to do. But to show up in the United States Senate with that, and not have the decency to put on proper attire, I think it's disrespectful to the body, and I think the fact that the Senate changed the rules to accommodate that um, you know I think looks speaks very poorly uh, to how they consider that. look, we need this country we need to be lifting up our standards in this country, not dumbing down Thank our you. standards in this country. and this is an example of why
2: and it's again it's Schumer coddling to this guy. Uh, one oh, guy one guy in the Senate because he's had some 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 medical trouble feels more comfortable coming to work in flip-flops and board shorts and f- in and, and, and I mean he is that guy that wears shorts in the dead of winter. We all know like a yeah, guy like yeah, that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That and then he's always like standing outside the Taco Bell smoking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all we <laughs> all know that guy. I, I just want to point out that and I hate this because I love I love Governor DeSantis. I think he's a phenomenal governor. And what really bothers That'd me is that the line delivery there just hurt me. It just did. He like beat around the bush, well, that's your prerogative. That one. no, if you're gonna slam somebody, I mean get out the hammer and swing it. I mean real and by the way, Fetterman response, his response to that campaign video was hilarious on Twitter later, X or whatever we're calling it now, he said, I dress like this guy campaigns. And it was... Ooh. Hold on, I dress like this guy campaign So Fetterman is burning I don't know. I don't He's burning know that makes himself sense to me. because he's a slob And then he's saying yeah, that like, <laughs> right, DeSantis' exactly. campaign is also slobby So yeah, he burned himself But like, okay. you know, it's, it's kind of true I mean, DeSantis' campaign there it's, it's, it's a little bit of a rocky road I mean, the man is not even coherent enough to only burn The person he's making jokes <laughs> at he, he trips over himself In the meantime
2: I Look, it it That's only showcases okay. how awful
3: Oz was as a candidate that
2: Fetterman beat this oh, guy. Oh man, yeah, real bad. So the so should we? You want to hear from Georgia Rep. M- MTG? Yeah, R- I, R- I'm, I'm up for some
3: Marjorie Taylor
2: Greene. Let's hear. Let, let's quote, let, her, let her fly. Quote the Senate no longer enforcing a dress code for senators to appease Fetterman is disgraceful. To which Fetterman replied in a clear, a very coherent, concise manner.
4: Well, you know her platform. You know, really, she runs on more and more dingling. You know, picks. You know, on uh, in the the, me- the meetings uh, over in, in uh, Congress. So I, again, uh, I I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress. Uh, but you know, she really takes it a different way.
2: Now I'm going to request that our <laughs> producer Allison, if you want to turn down the audio, replay that clip. Turn down the audio. Okay. And just kind of read along with the I wonder with, why you want me Senator. to read this. Because I like making you do stuff uh-huh. on the show, and it's really yeah. funny.
3: Yeah, I wonder, I wonder why. Do you okay. want to
2: practice first before you do it? <sighs> Would
3: you like me to? Yeah,
2: practice first, and okay. then we'll have you see how well you can match up with Fetterman.
3: Well, you know, her platform, you know, really, she runs on more and more ding-a-ling, you know, picks, you know, uh, uh, in the uh, me the meetings uh, over in the uh,
2: uh, Congress. All right, go for this... it. Go for it.
4: Well, well you, know, you know, her platform, platform you know, really, really she runs, she runs on, on more and more, more dingling, you know, picks, <laughs> you, know, you know, on and the meetings, uh, meetings
1: uh, over, over in, in the uh, uh, Congress. So absolutely
3: phenomenal. This is like watching Siri try to read your text back at two in the morning. I mean, it really is. It, like, that's how it's, it feels. It's, if you just keep pressing the center button and let the text like write itself, this is this is what you end up getting. My my last criticism here, is I I, I just want to know where dingaling came in. <laughs> like, it just sounds like he just lost and then like he had a notification from his brain. Dingaling! Oh, that's what I'm
2: talking about. <laughs> he got She back runs to on it. more and more ding-a-ling, <laughs> ding-a-ling. you know, picks. <laughs> Really, honestly, and I, if I'm being 100% honest with you, the, the most clear and coherent I've heard Fetterman since all this started was last week when he was asked about the Biden impeachment inquiry. Ask
5: you about this news that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment inquiry. Has said. said he's going to. Oh my contract. God! Really? Oh my gosh! You know? Oh,
1: it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it! Please, don't
2: do it! Oh no! Oh no! gotta
5: run back the office. And
2: I'm sorry. That's the most clear and. Concise and coherent. I've heard the guy I, since he since he ran since he ran and won his Senate seat. I have a soft spot for responding to stupid statements
3: like equally as stupidly. I do. So in something obviously the Democrat senator who's but a I'm fan just... of Biden is going to respond that way. It is sad. That's the most coherent we've ever heard, <laughs> Fetterman. Thank That's you. That's it. Like of all of the things that have ever come out of his mouth, Captain fracking, no fracking, frack it up, no fracking at all himself. The, the ding a ling pick maestro <laughs> is that's his, his greatest achievement.
2: Oh, how sad.
4: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show.
2: It's Tony Kennett over there, he's investigative reporter for the Daily Signal. He does starting his own show at some point here on this radio station. That's true.
3: Weekend, uh, it was week- supposed to kind of start like yesterday ish and yeah. and I, I pushed it back
2: because good. I'm very picky. But when the show starts, it will be directly after this show from seven to eight o'clock weeknights, exclusively on ninety three WIBC. You got a good lead in, Tony. That's right. right. I right. You can't ask for a better opening act. Uh so we'll have more details on the kickoff of that show and when it is, when you can expect that. A Cana- get ready to roll your eyes again. No. You're going to hear me rolling my it's eyes. It's giving the me microphone? a headache, this show. A Canadian wellness influencer <sighs> is gaining popularity for claiming that optometrists who recommend glasses are lying. She then claims that you can cure bad eyesight using simple, holistic, multidimensional healing methods <clears throat> that are backed by science. Tony, you can check out her online class (laughs) for only $11. Here is Samantha Lotus talking about her, anti-glasses theory.
5: What's the one thing that your optometrist doesn't want you to know about? The fact that you do not need glasses. That's right. You may have been told that you need glasses, but that's actually a lie. There are mental, emotional, physical, and even spiritual reasons why you may not be seeing, and I'm here to tell you that that can be healed.
2: Uh, All of us
3: are currently wearing glasses. Everybody together. Everybody ready everybody okay month, Allison or? you joining us you glasses all right glasses are now
2: off and uh, how, I can see the difference how many fingers am I holding up Allison can you see?
3: No. At least 8. It's a blur, <laughs> but it's a
2: spiritual blur, right? It's a it's an emotional no. wellness blur. Now you guys have glasses that you wear all the time. I have readers.
3: I've had glasses since I was two, 2 years old. Oh wow. So uh I don't think the uh, optometrist think, was out to get my money at 2. You uh, do
2: you you're not buying the Canadian <laughs> wellness influencers recommendation you
3: know, of $11? For
4: $11. I'll try it. I got it. Why Oh not? really?
3: I got glasses in ninth grade, and 92. I'll never forget. I, I was in Bloomington. I will never forget the moment because I got glasses. I walked outside and I said, "Oh my gosh, you can see the leaves on the trees. You oh, can't." And it's. It, it I remember exactly the the moment, and it was it went like terrible. I just couldn't see like the, the individual definition. And ever since then, I've just worn glasses. I, I've considered LASIK. I've done. LASIK. I have. I've I've considered it. I I would love to be able to to grab some LASIK at some point, but. Yeah, I, I'm afraid LASIK that will it's change your life. Thing.
2: LASIK will absolutely. Do you wear contacts? Uh, contacts don't really go very well. That's not. I hate them. Well, LASIK. Will, I had it done in 2005. That's how long it's been, and I, I can still see things far away. But I need these little dollar fifty Chinese readers, and I set them everywhere. I leave them everywhere. Toilet. Uh, bedside. You really should not leave your glasses in the toilet. That's but very I have, insane They, they, they like cost like a Probably dollar. Probably why you're sick, like honestly. <laughs> you think so? Because <laughs> I leave my readers next Nigel, to the, next his to gla- the can? <laughs> I can see the text from Matt. Can you fill in for Nigel He left his readers in the <laughs> toilet again? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but no, I'm saying that I have them everywhere. Just so I oh, don't yeah, have sure. to carry one pair yeah, my, with me. I I don't. Please don't hate me for saying this. My grandmother
3: has a lot of pairs of readers that she leaves <laughs> like around the house in different places. Shout out to Mary Kinn at Newcastle with your eighty-six pairs of reading glasses. Hey, if they're where you need them to be, yeah, if they're everywhere for a reason. <laughs> add those all up though, and they're still least expensive than the ones we're currently wearing. I, I was thinking, add them all yeah, up and think of the yeah, ants yeah. you could burn on well, the sidewalk. No, I,
2: I I did get. Uh, I did get bifocals from my, I get like a pair of, a new pair of glasses every year. In addition to these cheap ones that I buy at at CVS, I couldn't like the bifocals. I wear, You could just wear them all the time. I just could get used to them. Dude, I buy direct. Looking back.
3: I buy direct has has changed my life because you can get your prescription from your optometrist and just order cheap glasses whenever yours gets scratched. Oh, that, that's a game changer. All right.
2: We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are
4: weirdos? So let's rock!
2: Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is out. Tony Kennett from the Daily Signal—he's an investigative reporter—is in. Hello, TK. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, thank you for filling in for me last minute yesterday. That was unplanned. I'm feeling much better now, or at least I'm about seventy percent. And only had to do CPR twice during the break, <laughs> folks. He's, he's fine. <laughs> Did you happen to see? I was watching. I think I was watching Wish TV's coverage uh, pregame of the Colts. Colts came on Sunday, I think that's what it was, and I saw Jefferson Sharif, Republican who is uh, running against Joe Hogsett for, you know, mayoral candidate here, in Indianapolis, Marion County, he he ran a really good attack ad on Joe Hogsett. A good attack ad? That really? That actually questioned where he was on the nights of the riots. Uh, no way! He, uh, you're kidding me. You're, you're messing with me I right now. I believe his nickname for Hogsett was Photoshop Joe or something. You know, okay. uh, uh, Joe Hogsett's been in politics for 30 years. He never misses a chance for a photo op. But okay. But mysteriously, there are no photos of him during the nights of the riots. Okay. Where was Joe Hogsett? And I thought, my God, we... This, he, Maybe taking our advice is something we've been telling him to say for months on end. I don't
3: know. September 19th, 2023, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Actually, Nigel, what we're going to have to do is take a look here at the Shreve scoreboard. For those of you on the live stream, I've prepared a little scoreboard on, on Jefferson Shreve. As you can see here, currently it is times Shreve was useful uh to time Shreve flipped on his principles, you know, why he's running. <laughs> Currently that's two to zero because Shreve has never been useful once. Uh, so we might have to change that to a whopping one. Of course, he's flipped on uh, owning guns. Of course, Marion County has the highest per capita number of black and Hispanic men that own guns who traditionally vote Democrat, who presumably might have flipped if there was perhaps a pro-gun candidate. But Shreve flipped on that. And then he also flipped on abortion, because if there's something we know Republicans really support, it's it's abortion.
2: Remind remind everybody about the abortion. Thing, so Shreve I originally
3: was, was very against abortion, you know, very in favor of... of of anti-abortion law here in the state of Indiana. However, he released a, a video in which he said that he would not allow IMPD police to make arrests of abortionists performing abortions in Indianapolis. So, he's like, it's a very personal thing, and it's very, very personal. So, like, I don't so, want to infringe so on anyone else. The same
2: else's. thing as Ryan Mears said so, in Hogsett. Yeah, he's yeah.
3: not upholding state law, which, by the way, may or may not be a misdemeanor. So, uh, hey, Shreve, maybe don't say you're going to commit a misdemeanor. That's just a fun little political strategy we like to call obeying the law. Uh, but, you know, great. He's throwing an attack ad out. We've been asking where Shreve, or excuse me, we've been asking where Hogsett was on the riots for how long now since the, the riots, riots. <laughs> way to go buddy I, I would suggest I'm look I'm I'm here on the air I'm hearing his little ads that play between our segments and that are like hi I'm a veteran police officer and I'm reading a script that says I really like Shreve and then you hear the hi I'm a lady who used to vote for Joe Hogsett oh, now that. I'm voting for Shreve okay if there is anyone out there in Indianapolis right now who heard that very scripted advertisement and suddenly you believe in Jefferson Shreve would you please let me know. Have these ads worked
2: once since well, they started using I think, them? I think certainly, in Hammer would disagree with me on this. And this is where... I, I'm not a Marion County voter, so I, I live in Boone County. So I, I think anything is better than Hogshead. Uh, my dad might disagree. He lives in Marion County, and he is a very staunch supporter of the Second Amendment. And he doesn't want to walk around defenseless uh, in, in Marion County when he's out right. and about. Uh, but... But I just cringe at the fact that every time somebody says they're going to write in Abdul for, you uh, know, they're going to or they're not, they're just not going to vote. That's, right. that's a win for Hogsett, and I hate that. So I, 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 I just I hate it. Uh, and I'm again, I'm not a Marion County voter. No, but, I do, but well, neither am I. I'm, I'm in Hancock
3: County, yeah. but I think that it, it really is important to have this kind of a conversation because there's an argument that you know, well, we need to vote for the lesser of two evils. And I, I I hear you. I I get that because again, I'm going to vote for whatever Republican nominee wins the Republican presidential primary. I am. That's the way it is going to be. Even if God forbid it's Nikki Haley, I will end up voting for her come election day because who she appoints to the appointed bureaucracy positions will be far better than the Democrats. This is why when I see people on like Abdul's comments on Facebook, they'll say, (laughs) well, Jennifer McCormick might not be so bad with the Republican legislature. Um, ding, Ding 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 ding. They still <laughs> appoint the bureaucracy <laughs> positions. You moron. No. So I get that. I do. I get that about about Shreve. But I gotta tell you though, the devil you know being better than the devil you don't is a serious thing. You have no idea what Shreve believes. No one does because Shreve changes what he believes every five minutes
2: as soon as it's politically convenient. For it was him. the first time, and and, and Hammer. Unearthed the clip of a Wish T V reporter asking Hog said, I believe in twenty twenty one possibly that you know, where were you during the nights of the riots? He said he was at home operating. Uh, and I, I don't think anybody believes that, but he can go on record now. And he did that milk toast interview with the Indie Star Tony. Of of she's like, well, why is this an important issue for your political opponents? Then not asking him where he was, right? Leading and questions, letting him walk uh, around the bushes. Yeah, well, there was a panel that decided that I made the right decisions on that night. And oh, but it was the first time I had seen an attack ad on Hogshead said asking him. Where Photoshop Joe, which is a great nickname. Right. I mean, that's great. But it was the first, but I guess the question is, and I texted Hammer. As soon as I saw that, I said, probably too little too late at this point, right?
3: So It, it bothers me, it, from a journalistic perspective, because for, there was a Republican director of a school choice program in Arizona who I just went after, and I asked her a question in an interview. I was like, you know, did you commit a felony? I didn't get an answer. I was like, did you commit a felony? I didn't get an answer. I didn't ask, what do you think about your opponents who say that you may have yes. committed it? No, yeah. I want an answer, because the people that I that I write for deserve an answer. Be a journalist with enough guts to ask the question, great for Shreve for finally getting around to it. He's going to lose. He is. He has no chance at all. I would actually like to take a few seconds to say, hey, maybe this is why we should care about primaries. And maybe the guy who's bankrolling a massive campaign and sending campaign videos from his white-paneled wall mansions doesn't deserve your vote. Maybe someone who's been on the streets of Indianapolis talking to voters, asking them what they want in a candidate, is a better place to put your vote, not just the guy who comes on with that sweet cat hi, I'm Jefferson Shreve, and I'm running for mayor, because Hathaway Strategies advised me these are the three issues you (laughs) care about the most. Gee, I wonder why he's not doing well. Maybe we can figure it out, gang. Go, Scooby!
2: Shreve and Hogshead even look alike. Don't they? Well, I don't like physically, don't they? Don't they kind of resemble each Is other? Is one dumpster bit? fire that much different from another <laughs> dumpster fire? Did you guys get into? I, I'm sorry. I, like I, I have been under the weather, and I was in bed for most of the day yesterday. Um, did you get into the? Uh, divorce of Hogsett and his yeah, wife. Yeah, we wife did. Filed Hammer
3: it. and I both came to the conclusion. Like that, I don't care. Yeah, like, no, it's yeah. another man's marriage. Unless uh, here's my stance on on a divorce. Unless he hit her, I don't care. Unless he abused her, I don't care. It's not my it, look. If you um, your marriage ends for whatever reasons, unless there is a case of domestic abuse in front of me, that's I, I don't. People have marital issues. Yeah. I uh, that's it. I'm, my
2: business is not your marriage. So why did it make? In Abdul, I think the first place I saw it was Indie Politics Abdul's outfit as sure. uh, platform. He would say, "A, this is news because it's a public figure." Okay, and B, I, I forget B. There was an A and a B. One was he's a public figure. And B, there's an election coming. Up. I, 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 I have like, heard this kind of rationale mainly
3: from establishment Republicans who are kind of looking for a cheap shot at a Democrat candidate. And I'm not. I, I, I have not read the comments regarding this, so I'm, I'm not going to paint this. But I've heard this argument before. Okay. I don't. I don't like it because as soon as it's time to turn around and play those games with the Democrats, those Republicans chicken out. Those are the same Republicans going, well, maybe we shouldn't impeach Biden because it's really just character stuff and that's not Okay, wait a minute. So when it's time to criticize over here it's okay, but over here it's not. There's no set standards. For me, my standard is I don't mess around with your marriage. I didn't care about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I didn't care about <laughs> who I, I don't care about your marriage.
2: I don't I, I don't care. I love invoking Johnny Depp and Amber Heard when we're talking about Joe Hogsett and his wife. You're welcome. <laughs> Indianapolis. Just...
4: You're listening
2: to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, I'm Nigel. Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for Daily Signal here, filling in for Hammer. So Jennifer McCormick, uh, Holcomb's former Indiana superintendent, right, public instruction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also running for uh, the—running uh, to serve as Indiana's 52nd governor as a Democrat. Was she a Republican at one point, or do you have to say who? When you're at that level, do you have to say if you're a Republican or a Democrat? No, those you're positions that, are just appointed. They're they're okay. theoretically considered nonpartisan. So Holcomb, of course, picks a radical Democrat who believes in in uh, you know establishment GOP
3: uh, candidates picking yeah. people that were picked for them. What a surprise! <laughs> oh, say it ain't so.
2: Um, she had an interesting thing to say against former superintendent of public education. Tweeted this out. As our GOP leaders continue to chase away quality teachers and health care providers, Indiana is becoming an uneducated and unhealthy state. Decades of poor policy have consequences. Time for a leadership change. Hoosiers deserve better. Let's go! So this is Jennifer McCormick blaming the Republicans for the state of education in this in this um in the Hoosier State. You look into that. Right? Tweet.
3: Did she like cite an article with that? Did she like throw up like a an article they that never like breaks? No, okay. So there's an image that I like to refer to whenever people just throw out wild claims like that and it says sources, like in an article, sources. And then underneath that it says, dude, trust me. And that's that's pretty much what I I think of when I think of Jennifer McCormick whining about education or healthcare. She has yet to cite one educational factor that actually plays into anything in a child's learning beyond how much money a school receives. Like, that's it. I, I never see her talking about uh, literacy instruction. I never see her talking about the innovations in mathematics instruction. I never see her talking about classical education. I never see her talking about how we fundamentally assess students and teachers. She's going to get the, Indiana's becoming dumber because I said so. It's not an argument.
2: It's uh, Do the, the teachers have any culpability in this in terms of uh, activism and radicalism? Um, Tony Katz put it really, put it really well this morning, in responding to that tweet. Why blame the activism and radicalism of too many teachers when you can just blame Republicans for noticing the activism? Well, again, and radicalism. I mean, and I, I, look at okay, so <laughs> like that's, I, a, I that's a good point. I'm not saying all teachers are activists, and we, I, my kids have great teachers, but boy, they're. I've seen a lot of stuff that makes me shake my head right here and you've pointed it out you've been on the forefront of pointing it out here man that uh, no, I don't disagree with cats. I say we can we
3: can go to, we can go to a more common denominator, which is that I have two very worthless master's degrees from Ball State University in in their education program, and the professors gave us strategies that were absolutely worthless. And I don't mean like yeah, I guess in the right environment they could kind of work. Completely and utterly worthless in class. I observed dozens of teachers when I was at IPS a week, and I would go around to different classrooms, and I would see what science teachers who were under me and and what they were like working on and how they were instituting methods and. And science teachers that use like classical tried and true methods that were more common sense based they did really well those that used the more progressive ideas in the classroom their classrooms were a complete and utter nightmare so it's the source of all of this no it isn't changing anything i'm not going to give the entire state over to politicians who want to make us more Dependent, perhaps, on these kind of education strategies that don't work. And as far as all the healthcare statistics go, Indiana healthcare system is is pretty good. The only reason that we're dinged is because we have abortion laws. And so whenever you see a, a list of Indiana's forty eight out of fifty in healthcare, it's like, well, we're like really near the top on a lot of things. Oh, <laughs> um, they don't like that we don't like abortion. Oh, so
2: where's the evidence that that's holding new businesses back from coming to Indianapolis? There's not. And and by the way, to, to clarify, the Indiana,
3: there's one thing. Indiana does well, it is subsidized the living crap out of the healthcare industries in Indianapolis. (laughs) We do cronyism right. We give every single subsidy to any kind of an organization like Eli Lilly or Roche or any other kind of medical equipment or uh, service manufacturing provider that wants to come to Indianapolis. We will pay you through the nose to do it. No, it's not holding businesses back. There's no source for that because she has none.
2: Well, what were we talking about last week when you did your weekly appearance on our show, that she had mentioned something that was in... Oh, it's a, an internal poll that uh, she yeah, did Interpol that, that the, she revealed
3: the, no sources about. Oh, it's it's a toss-up. The governor's race is a toss-up. No, it's it's not a, a toss-up because women outside of Indianapolis don't care about abortion. They just don't. I'm sorry if Jennifer really? McCormick can't even pull her home Henry County. She's deeply unpopular in Newcastle. She's deeply unpopular in the surrounding counties. She's not getting grand like standing ovations. She's walking through the few parades in Indianapolis that she does. Oh man. When she walks down the street, yeah. people like are quiet. Like people stop oh, clapping. It it's super awkward. At
2: the, at the Zionsville uh, Fall Festival parade.
3: This oh, and and God. by the way, this is like this is their ringer to throw in, appointed by a Republican governor. She is toxic. She is extreme. Like, no one is, again, people are so exhausted of the suburban Karen, and she's just like suburban Karen for governor. And it's like, oh, no, honey, that's not happening. No, 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 no. What was Holcomb thinking when he employed her? like what's he was what's thinking? Th- <laughs> come, on, <laughs> come on now. Come on now. So I when I when I started working at the Heritage Foundation, we went over things that I believed about things I didn't even realize that I had policy opinions on. And we talked about this because it is incredibly crucial to know that before I am in a position where I could have an impact on legislators or have an impact on like a big aspect of their journalism department with the daily signal, I better know what I'm talking about. None of that was done for Jennifer McCormick. The Indiana Department of Education thought she was a clown back in the day, and uh, that was yeah. back when I was doing STEM stuff in relation to that. The whole thing is just a big clown show.
2: Like, honestly... <laughs> During that fall festival parade in Zion, like Jason Plunkett, the guy that's running for town council president again for reelection, got a huge, he had like a, a parade line a mile long and got a huge, and, and by the way, Zionsville is not like the most, uh, conservative place. Lots of BLM, lots of pride, lots of thank you Fauci signs down and, there and again, on Main Street at Zion's. the
3: appeal of Jennifer McCormick is that she is supposed to draw out this, like, hidden independent faction of, like, Hoosier women that are secretly just waiting for someone to burst out on the scenes
2: yeah. and shake right. off the chains and the glass ceilings. Um, You texted me some screenshots from a Twitter account that... Something about the Democrats are calling out Jim a uh, Jim Banks staffer. Okay for for a white this power is, sign. This is my this
3: is my favorite thing from this week. So uh, a a Jim Banks staffer uh, was at some Congress, kind of Congress, dinner. Jim Banks. Yeah. It was this some kind of a dinner or event? And and so someone's like taking pictures. She walks by someone and she she throws up the OK symbol. The same OK symbol that everyone has been using for decades. Uh, and so this account run by Amy Nealing, who's a, a former failed state representative candidate, has a large following on Twitter, uh, posts along with Rhonda Ehrlich, a uh, Carmel-based activist, um, <laughs> that, oh, it's a it's a white power symbol. See, if you draw like a W with one part of the OK and then a P with the other, it means white power. Ooh. that was a hoax. I it is a hoax. It was, was literally 4chan. created as a 4chan hoax. You're right.
2: God, That makes them look so stupid. However, it
3: gets better. If she's throwing up a white power dog whistle in the photo, she's doing it backwards. (laughs) So it's like, I guess she's flashing um, Pite Wower. That's uh, that's that's some next level dog whistling. The progressives in the state will, and they dox her, by the way. Name, address, all kinds, horrible. I mean, the people going after her for for nothing, and for a stupid hoax. Yeah, for for nothing. Literally, just just throwing up an OK
2: symbol, the same one that like Obama used every other time that he was at the podium. Aye, aye, aye. Okay, that's what you're dealing with here on the um, on the state level in terms of the Indiana progressive. That's Jennifer McCormick's
3: Doc, crew. Doxing yep, a little that, blonde girl. Okay.
2: For-
5: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: Listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Tony! Hey, Tony! Pretty boy, Tony. It's Tuesday, with Tony Cass
5: on The Hammer and Nigel Show. I don't want to keep Tony waiting.
2: My name is Nigel. Tony Kinnett filling in for Hammer. It's Tuesdays with Tony Katz hooking up live with TK. Tony. I don't know what the bigger story is in America right now. I'd like to get your take. And you've had some really interesting things to say earlier today about the southern border and the fentanyl coming through. I mean, is it the wide-open, porous border and the fentanyl and the drug ODs? Is it the auto unions and this strike right now that could going to have deep impacts on the American economy overall? What do you think? The, the biggest story in America? Yeah. Oh, God. That's a... That's loaded as hell, man. Um, (laughs) That's why I asked Look, I
1: I, I must admit, I always argue that the border is the biggest story in in America because it's a story that uh, politically, the political left is desperate for you not to pay attention to, and the political right hasn't done enough on. It is America's story. You will take a look at what's happening in New York. These toddlers dying at this daycare, which has Mm. to do with fentanyl that has come in. More and more people dying of fentanyl. Of course it's coming from these people who have come across the border. We do nothing. You have Bill Malugan over at Fox reporting on record numbers of people coming through uh, the border. Over 21,000 people in custody at one time with with Customs and and Border Patrol. This is, without question, the biggest story in in, in America. But Hunter getting indicted is is a big story. Uh, Ray Epps getting indicted for a misdemeanor is, is 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 a big story. The United Auto Workers strike is a big story. We seem to be inundated with very, very large scale stories. A lot of things happening at once. And the truth is there's always a lot of things happening at once. It's just a little bit of ebb and flow. But the thing when all this other stuff, all the dust settles, the thing that will still be there is the destruction of society that comes from a porous border and an unwillingness to actually secure it, which is certainly an abo- all of the above approach. It needs a multi-piece strategy, but I really don't know how it isn't the border that affects
2: all the other things. And you said destruction of society. It's not only you or Republicans or the GOP or the right wing saying it, it's mayor Adams of New York City saying these people are destroying our city and I don't know about you when you get into the quote these people and then you start talking about specific people from the countries that are coming in it's 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 not just us realizing it anymore it's it's funny I had
1: asked uh, and it was discussing on the show it, it, do you feel that the country is is under invasion and yes. um, the, the, the answer is yes and the invasion is coming from DC and it's, it was a really interesting interesting take, uh, this idea that our problem is what it is that Washington refuses to do. Washington will not do the work. The idea that we're under invasion from Washington, D.C. is about the total failure of all of them to not recognize that we deserve protecting first and people who believe in open borders need to be told to go to hell and people who believe uh, that uh, we we shouldn't put money towards X, Y, and Z have to be told to kiss off and we have to change how we vote and who we vote for and that also exists on the political right. I don't want to hear you talk about it. I want the thing done, but in order to do that, and again, I go back to this and i I'm getting very aggressive of this uh, on the show. I'm going to be having a whole border week uh, that, that we're doing. Strategy must be put into place. A wall is not the answer. That doesn't mean that the wall isn't part of an answer. A comprehensive immigration reform is not an answer. It's a bullcrap talking point that makes people feel good because to the left, that means not having a border at all, which, of course, is not the answer. This is a multi part conversation it's going to involve multiple pieces and yes it's going to involve some people not being happy but as long as the ACLU is not happy rest assured we're doing a good job
2: and man when you see AOC getting heckled when you see Nadler getting heckled by their constituents like i always like mayor adams to me is made good points and i agree with him this is destroying their city this this influx of migrants but he never really points to Biden, he never really talks about what you just talked about, Tony, which is voting these people out. I heard this guy in Chicago at some town hall say, look, if you guys don't do something about this crisis, we're going to do something about this crisis, meaning like vigilante justice, which is okay, but they're not threatening the votes. And I think that's something that maybe uh, people need to concentrate a little bit more on. If
1: if Eric Adams said this city is a sanctuary city and it was wrong to ever be one, we're no longer a sanctuary city, that might actually help. Yeah. Listening to his constituents might actually help who are out there and they're angry. You talk about uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez being chastised and, and uh, Nadler. That should have been front page news. That, of course, that should be more of a subject, more of a story. The people are disgusted, but these people are cannot be trusted to vote for somebody else. If they had just voted for Lee Zeldin and not for Mm. Kathy Hochul, things could be better today. So New Yorkers have to be told to their face that they did this to them damn selves. Fix it. And that's just not true for New Yorkers. Every time we vote and say, oh, my gosh, we can't vote for those Republicans because abortion, abortion, abortion. With all due respect, if abortion is your top line subject, you're not serious about survival.
2: Tuesdays with Tony Katz here on the Hammer and Nigel show. You've been covering. I know the the Auto Union strike here the past week, week and a half. Is there? Do you have sense? Uh, have a sense of who is right and who is wrong, or is it even about who is right and who is wrong, and who's going to come out the winner and the loser in the end of this? And. No, is, I- I-
1: I don't think there is a, a, a conversation of right and wrong. The union wants more money, and uh, the companies want to figure out how they can pay as little as possible to get them there. This isn't about right and wrong. I do think that, there, that, that there's a, a question that Americans have to ask about where they want cars built and whether or not they're willing to pay more for them. Mm-hmm. And then there's a question politically about why the, how this drags on and people like Bernie Sanders who get involved and others because they want to grow unions. And so they see this as a political opportunity to say see, unions they really do the work. They really protect. Look at all the money they got. You should join a union. Imagine if you had a union where you worked and you see Randy Weingarten out there, the American Federation of Teachers. She's done closing schools. She's out there supporting (laughs) uh, the thing. You listen to right here in Indianapolis, uh, city county counselors like Allie Brown. They don't care that we're building a hotel. She doesn't care that we're building a a hotel that creates jobs. It's about good union jobs. You listen to Joe Hogshead talking about why the city is getting involved in building a hotel beats the hell out of me. Good union jobs. They care about the union so they can get the dues and the dollars from a union that's beholden to them. They don't believe in the rights of the union rank and file. Just pay your money, shut up, and do what you're told. But on on the, I think the bigger scheme of the thing, like if we want manufacturing in the United States, we're We're going to have to pay more for a vehicle in the United States, but we already pay a lot for a vehicle in the U.S. And so there's, I think, a series of questions, because the pressure may come from the American people uh, when this, this strike really starts having economic impact across the country.
2: Uh, Tony, one more thing on the national level. Then we'll. You you mentioned Joe Hogshead. I wanted to ask you about him, too. But the Fetterman dress code thing, the senator from Pennsylvania wearing flip flops and shorts and hoodies into work every day, and uh, Majority Leader Schumer changing the dress code. Is that like is this anything as a hammer and Nigel segment is or is this is that on your radar at all
1: yeah well uh, we take a look at, at that kind of rule and and the set resetting of the dress code uh, it's called going hammer style <laughs> it's that's what we've always called well, it here at WIBC yeah, um, sure. I, honestly honestly I, I will pay money for hammer to grow a John Fetterman mustache <laughs> for a night with WIBC oh pay cash Um <laughs> I think that the dress code change is disgusting, and I think that Chuck Schumer is a coward. if we want to argue that John Fetterman has issues, which he does, and John Fetterman has depression, which I will believe, you don't change a dress code to make him feel better. That's not the way it works. Upholding a standard matters in the tough times. Otherwise, it's not a standard. It's just posturing bullcrap. We have a standard. There is a way to present yourself on the Senate floor and on the House floor. That is it. There is nothing else. I don't care that John Fetterman is comfortable in a hoodie. I don't give a damn. It doesn't work. It isn't acceptable. And he should be held to a standard. And when you hold yourself to a standard, you do actually feel better about yourself.
5: Uh,
2: there were news broke, I guess, breaking news. I, I don't know if we consider this news at all that, that uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett is getting a divorce. Do you consider it newsworthy? And maybe your attitude changed just a tad after he released his his statement about the divorce.
1: I was going... I had, I had known about this and gotten some information uh, about this filing. And remember, it's his wife, Stephanie Hogsett, that filed. Um, I had really no comment to it people get divorced and I don't think that's the thing that I bring up. And then I read his statement which uh, states like so many families in Indianapolis, the last few years have been trying in ways that neither of us, meaning his wife, Stephanie and him could have imagined. And the demands of life and public service have been felt not only by Steph and me, but by every member of our family, our focus will remain on supporting our three children. And for their sake, we would simply request privacy and respect during these extraordinarily difficult times. Mm -hmm. That statement says that COVID put a strain on our marriage in combined with public life and public life matters to me more than my marriage mm. That's what it says. We're not going to debate here. I'll take on anybody in the Hogshead administration anytime. I discuss this on air. I'm happy to discuss it with you. Joe Hogshead is saying, even though public life and COVID ruined my marriage, the power is more important than the marriage is or was, so therefore I run for a third term. That's gross. That is something that yeah. the, the Indianapolis voter should be noting. He wants the power more than he wants his marriage. Not because I said so, but because he said so. And anybody in the Hogshead administration who wants to take me on on that subject, anybody in the Democratic Party, I'm in.
2: I know you had his uh, opponent, GOP, running for mayor, Jefferson Sharif, on last week. I saw a commercial for Sharif over the weekend. It's the first time I've seen this particular commercial where he actually asks the question where Joe Hogsett was during the nights of the riots. Photoshop Joe, nowhere to be found. Is it too little too late? Do you think Jefferson Sharif believes that it's too little too late? Um, How do you see Sharif's campaign moving forward?
1: Um, I, I know that there are people who took a look at that gun plan, uh, that quote-unquote safety plan, and said this is the most ridiculous thing ever, and and, and it is. And it is. Uh, and um, if he's going to argue, as he did on my program, that he was listening to people, he didn't listen to enough people, and he didn't listen enough to himself, because he got bad advice, took bad advice, and he's suffering through that bad advice. Yeah. I would still argue he's a better choice for Indianapolis uh, than uh, – Joe Hogsett, for sure, uh, because uh, there, uh, there are a fair amount of things that can be done with policing and with safety and with cleaning our streets, and his plan can't get through anyway. So it's really a, a kind of fool's errand to, to double down and triple down on this. Um, he, the, the advertising is necessary. He needs it bad. And to ask where Joe Hogsett was for two nights of riots is absolutely fine. It's the question that the so-called vaunted media of Indianapolis never asked. Shame on Wish TV. Shame on Fox 59. Shame on WTHR. Shame on RTV. Shame on IBJ. You guys didn't do the job. You didn't do the job. Where the hell was the mayor as banks burned and people died is the only question to be asked. And the fact that it doesn't get asked is proof of how important places like WIBC are and how absolutely horrific of a job the so-called news media does. And I don't actually even blame a fair amount of the anchors. Certainly this is on reporters and on news directors who are much more interested in being ideological than they are actually dealing with news. Tony Katz, what are
2: you working on for tomorrow?
1: Uh, I am uh, watching how they're changing the goalposts once again regarding Joe Biden and his work with Hunter Biden. Because, (laughs) you know,
2: when you've been caught, uh, make a change. That's Tony Katz, uh, 6 to 9 and then noon to 3, Monday through Friday, right here on 93 WIBC. TK, thanks.
4: Always. It's the
2: Hammer and Nigel Show.